0: CHAPTER Twenty Three OF Brenda, HER SCHOOL, AND HER CLUB. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Now, however slowly time appears to pass, the end of any period of waiting is sure to come, and its last days or hours generally seem to melt away. Thus, when the four realized that less than two weeks lay between a certain April afternoon when they met to sew, and the day appointed for the opening of the bazaar, they began to feel a little nervous. "'Oh, I wish we hadn't set up any particular day,' exclaimed Brenda. "'We might have just waited until we were all ready, and then we—' "'Oh, Brenda, how impractical you are!' cried Edith. "'That would have been perfectly ridiculous. "'You know that we have to advertise a little, "'and engage music and people to help us, and, "'and make all kinds of arrangements.' oh i dare say responded the unpractical brenda but still it takes all the fun out of it to think that we must be ready by a particular day i feel as if someone were driving me on and you know that's not pleasant oh nonsense interposed nora with a smile just think how long we were working without any special object i'm sure that we had all the time we wished and we hardly had a thing to show for it for my own part i shall be awfully glad to have the bazaar over with the weather is altogether too fine to waste indoors on fancy work but until we have that money for manuel i suppose none of us will feel free to do as she likes in the afternoon there are so many things to attend to i don't see how we will ever get ready even in two weeks now the plans for the bazaar had received much attention from the older persons in the family of the young workers and the encouragement that they had had from their elders was now their chief incentive Edith's mother had offered them the use of a large drawing-room in her house, which was just adapted to an affair of this kind. It was a long room with hard wood floors, intended really for dancing. Its walls, paneled with mirrors, would reflect the table of fancy work in such a way as to make it seem as if we had twice as much room as we really have, said Brenda. As to the other thing, there were a great deal to be decided— brenda and Belle wished a small orchestra engaged to play during the evening of the bazaar and furnish music for dancing at the close of the sale edith and nora were afraid that this would eat up too much of their profits but brenda was very decided in her views you can't expect that we are not to have any fun out of it ourselves after all the trouble we've had and i know that there's going to be plenty of money for the rosas we shall make a lot out of the flower table we shall make a lot out of the flower table We have quantities of plants and cut flowers promised us from the greenhouse of our friends. Just quantities! And then the refreshment-table, and—well, you know yourselves that we shall have no more than we can sell. What good will that do? inquired the practical Nora. We can't make much out of things that we can't sell. Oh, I mean in the regular way, of course. We shall have an auction, and get ever so much that way. I shouldn't wonder if we should have more than five hundred dollars to give to Mrs. Rosa. Don't count your chickens too soon, Brenda said Belle. suppose it should rain on the day of the sale or suppose oh oh, how tiresome you are cried the sanguine brenda you are just as bad as the others and it is quite as much your bazaar as mine and if it doesn't succeed you will be just as much to blame the fretful note in brenda's voice warned her friends that she was taking things too deeply to heart why brenda no one is probably going to be to blame for the bazaar will be a great success interposed the peace-loving edith All we have to do now is to try our very best to make it go off as well as possible. Now, the bazaar was to be Wednesday the week following Easter, and this year Easter fell almost in the middle of April. During the last days of school preceding the Easter vacation, the four did much canvassing among their friends to see whether all the articles promised were finished. Of course, there were several disappointments. Some girls who had promised special things either had not finished them or had forgotten about them on the other hand there were some who had not only done much more than they had promised themselves but had collected many pretty and even valuable articles from their friends All of the schoolgirls near the age of the four were invited to assist at the tables. The four resolved themselves into an executive committee, adding to their number Julia and Francis and one or two others. Each of these girls was to have a special charge of a table or a department, and she in turn was to call on others to assist her. Julia had invited Ruth Roberts as her chief assistant, rather to the distaste of Francis, who thought this was going too far out of their set we know about ruth roberts she had said in a contemptuous way nobody ever heard of her i'm sure until she came here to school and we have nothing to do with that replied nora to whom the remark happened to have been made i dare say that there are a good many people in this world of whom we have never heard i know all that i need to know about ruth roberts that she has a good manners a pleasant disposition and agreeable family i know because i have visited them then throwing a little emphasis into her voice she concluded really frances you're growing very tiresome and if i were you i should try to be less narrow-minded any one to hear you talk would think that no one in the world was worth considering who does not happen to live in a certain street in your neighborhood perhaps that is what i do think answered frances we can't make intimate friends of every one in the world and we might as well have nothing to do with those who are not in our own set. I hate these people who are always trying to push in. If you mean Ruth, you are entirely wrong. She is the last girl in the world likely to try to push in. She thinks quite as well of herself as you do of yourself, and I dare say she has some ancestors, even if they're not governors of Massachusetts. Now, in spite of the fact that this speech, when quoted, sounded rather acrimonious, Francis took no offense at all she could not afford to quarrel with so popular a girl as nora and besides she knew that the gosters had a good claim on the same kind of pride of descent that she had herself so although both girls turned away from each other with an annoyed expression on their face the next meeting was perfectly amicable when nora repeated their conversation to her mother mrs goyster smiled if i were you nora i would not take anything that francis says too seriously she's been brought up rather unfortunately but it's so tiresome to have her going around most of the time with her head in the air saying i cannot do this or i cannot do that because i'm a pounder miss goster laughed at this speech and the gesture and the tossing back of the head with which nora emphasized it frances hardly says that does she she inquired yes she does she really does sometimes replied nora and i am sure that she feels like saying it all the time of course we all know that there have been two governors and one or two generals and, and other people like that in her family somewhere in the dim past i am sure that we have heard enough of it but there is nothing very great about francis's own family so far as i have ever heard and some one told me that her father could not even get his college degree if they hadn't so much money there there interrupted her mother aren't you growing uncharitable yourself it is really true that Frances had ancestors who were of great service to the country, and her family has had positions for a long time, and all the advantages of education; but among your schoolmates and hers there are probably other girls of good descent who have had advantages hardly inferior to those that Frances has enjoyed. They may have names that are not so well known, and yet their ancestors may have been almost as useful in building up this country as those of Frances." "Well," said Nora i don't value people for their ancestors but for what they are themselves that is the right spirit and yet neither of you nor i should blame frances for having pride in what her ancestors have done it is well to remember such things if remembering them makes one more ambitious or more helpful to those around him But when this pride in his own people lends one to belittle all others whose part in making history may have been almost as important, if less conspicuous, then I would rather see a girl or a boy without family pride. In connection with this let me tell you a story. Years ago a murder was committed by a member of a good old family, and sometimes afterwards a lady who bore the same name, though she was not closely related to the murderer, was out shopping. It seemed to her a certain clerk was not sufficiently differential, and so, to reprove him, she said, in a rather haughty tone, Perhaps you do not know who I am. No, madame, I do not, was his reply. I am a Blinkenshop, she responded, thinking probably that this word would overwhelm him. Indeed, he answered, you surprise me. I thought all the Blinkenshops had been hanged so you see this does not always do to boast of one's family name of course this does not apply to francis i should be sorry if either she or you should forget all the good things which your ancestors did for the commonwealth it would be a great deal better to forget it than to have the remembrance of the distinction of your ancestors so elate you as to make you contemptuous of your schoolmates i know that mother dear replied Nora. "'I believe some day I may have to have a little talk with Frances, "'and perhaps I can get her to see things as I do.' "'You might tell her,' responded Miss Goster, with a smile, "'about the Virginia lady of whom I was reading the other day. "'Her little niece was remarking with pride that her grandfather had been the son of a baronet, "'and that, in consequence, she had a right to feel superior to many of her neighbors." "'Yes,' responded the aunt. He was the son of a baronet, who was the son of a manufacturer, who was the son of an apothecary's apprentice. Oh, oh dear! sighed the niece. Is that really true? Am I a descendant from an apothecary's apprentice? I thought all my ancestors were gentlemen. I haven't finished. Returned the aunt. The apprentice was the grandson of a baronet who in turn was said to trace his descent from the King of England. The aunt smiled at the expression of relief on the niece's face on hearing this as she said i always knew we were of good family my own moral concluded miss ghoster would be would be the same as that which the aunt tried to impress on her niece we can all trace our descent through a variety of families and while we can often find ancestors to boast of as often we find others who are what francis might call very plain people "'Nora realized that she was fortunate in having a mother "'who was always ready to advise her in the small matters "'that seemed so important to schoolgirls, "'as well as those in large matters that really are of consequence. "'Without encouraging anything approaching gossip or tale-bearing, "'Mrs. Goster always permitted Nora to talk very freely "'on all subjects that interested her, "'and the confidence between mother and daughter was almost ideal. "'Mrs. Blair and Mrs. Barlow were also ready to advise their daughters— although they both were a little more occupied with society than Mrs. Goster, and had less time at home. The willful Brenda, too, was more apt to seek her mother's advice after she had done a certain thing than to ask it in advance. Yet although her doings were sometimes a little annoying to others, she always admitted to herself that she could depend on her mother's sympathy. Edith, with a rather phlegmatic disposition, seldom did anything wrong. She had been brought up rather strictly in accordance with the prescribed rules, and— uh, and was always confident that whatever her mother had arranged or advised was exactly right belle alone of the four was unfortunate in her home surroundings her mother a nervous invalid had permitted belle's grandmother to rule the household with an iron rod and knowing that the old lady was often unjust the former did not reprove belle sufficiently when she broke some of grandmother's rules belle in this way had come to be a law to herself she obeyed her grandmother when there was no escape for it but oftener she took the chance of disregarding her authority saying to herself or even to others if mamma can do as she likes she can let me do this it was not always a legitimate excuse although the conditions in her family enabled many of her acquaintances to make excuses for bell as to frances those who knew her best realized that her family pride had been nurtured at home and that her unfortunate way of looking at things was not wholly her own fault yet that Nora had been able to influence her somewhat was proved by a slight change in frances demeanour towards others the latter was even known one day to offer to go out to ruth roberts house to help her finish a piece of work for the bazaar in those last days too before the easter vacation there seemed to be an unusual unity among the schoolgirls Even those in older classes, who seldom interested themselves in the small fry, as they called the four and their contemporaries, came forward with many contributions for the bazaar. "'Dear me!' moaned Brenda one day. "'I'm afraid that we won't have people to sell all these things to, and while ago I was afraid that we shouldn't have things enough to sell to all those that might come to our bazaar.' "'That shows,' said Miss South, who had come up behind Brenda while she was talking, "'that it is never worth while to borrow trouble about anything.' "'That's true,' interposed the placid Edith, to whom Brenda had been talking. "'For my own part, I'm never surprised or disappointed about anything, for I never expect too much beforehand. I find that I can always put up with things when they come.' "'Then you are really a philosopher, Edith,' said Miss South. Some persons take almost a lifetime to learn this simple lesson, and, indeed, some persons never learn it at all. As the preparations for the bazaar advanced, it was very pleasant for Julia to find herself counted in among the band of workers. It is true that she often had to take a sharp word for Brenda, or a cold glance from Belle, but these things did not disturb her. She had become accustomed to her cousin's little ways, and she realized that her bark was worse than her bite as norma was in the habit of saying there was one thing about which brenda was very decided and that was that no older person that is no parent or teacher was to have any part of managing the bazaar we all want the credit ourselves and i think it would be a fine thing to show how much we can do all by ourselves and if she could have had it her own way, I believe she would have refused the offer of Edith's mother to provide a room for the bazaar, and she would have been quite willing to pay for a hotel drawing-room from her own allowance, although to do so would have run her several months in debt. But this was evidently so unwise a plan that she contented herself with simply broaching it to her friends. The idea had been their criticism of throwing money away like that when we can have such a beautiful room for nothing!' and besides my mother would not think a hotel a proper place for girls like us to hold a bazaar it would be different if we were in society or some older woman were managing it oh i suppose you're right brenda acknowledged with a sigh but i should be ever so much better pleased with the hotel it would seem so much more as if we were grown up i hope that this won't seem like a-like a children's party you know that edith always had her birthday parties in that room Yes, but she'll have her coming out party there too. I heard her mother say so the other day, and I really think that is very, very kind of her to offer the room, because there will be strangers coming and going all day long through the house. So Brenda had to profess herself grateful for the room, and was obliged to turn in another direction for an outlet for the energy which she was anxious to show in managing the bazaar End of Chapter Recording by Rachel Bozier, Fairfield, Texas